you don't just manage a group of individuals. Uh, in that role, when you have responsibility for just one other person, you have two parts to your role every day. You manage that person and you also provide leadership. And the leadership piece is about motivation and inspiration and getting them to do a little bit more, getting to, to, to be satisfied that we need to amp up the production for this day, get finished one, one day earlier, uh, because the customer will be happier, uh, the results of the job will be better, and all of that accrues to the bottom line. So again, how how well we do in being who we are and how we go about interacting with people at the end of the day, that can, that can only produce a beneficial effect on the bottom line of a business. So if you want to make money, be good to people. This is the Team of a Lifetime show. I'm your host, Sally Love, and I have helped hundreds of leaders in industrial manufacturing, construction, and on capital projects of up to $24 billion transform their failing or mediocre teams into exceptional teams that delivered results that people didn't even believe were possible. And that's what the Team of a Lifetime show is all about success stories, successful team approaches, and lessons learned to help you transform your team into the team of a lifetime. I am absolutely delighted that Dennis Duran is joining me on the team of a lifetime today. Dennis has served the construction industry for over 30 years as a contractor, consultant, coach, and speaker. And Dennis believes that soft skills also referred to as people skills by a lot of people, are of strategic importance in building relationships and ensuring profitability. Dennis Duran is the host of Soft as Steel podcast and author of the book by the same title, Soft as Steel, a book dedicated to soft skills education. Dennis Duran, welcome to the Team of a Lifetime show. Sally, thanks so much. Great to be here. When people think about the construction industry, I would wager a bet that the first thing that pops into their mind is not soft skills. Is that a fair bet? And you could put a lot of money on that and you do well. Yeah, it's still not in their vocabularies. And I've been talking about it uh, quite a bit over the last number of years. And I wrote a book to provide an alternative way of getting the conversation going, but no, not the image we have of our industry. And as a practical matter, depending on which generation you're talking to, it's still pretty far away in terms of being on the tip of anyone's tongue. So you've been in the construction industry for, like I said in your introduction, over 30 years. What was the impetus for you focusing on soft skills? Because you could have chosen lots of things to focus on. My impetus was really quite simple. I finally reached a point after for a number of years caring about people on an, a day-to-day -day basis. I'm much more interested in uh, knowing how you are than uh, on some days and what you do. Uh, because the what you do part, and I refer to those in the bigger sense as being the hard skills. If you work for a construction company, regardless of your role to top or bottom of a, of a company organization chart, the expectation is that if you're hired to do a job and you are viewed as being competent performing it, you got that part. But the industry has never really valued the skills that are necessary in order to be a person that you want to work with or work for. And on a day-to-day -day basis, a person that looks like that's the kind of people we want to have around working on our job site. So it's it just, it's been a problem for a long time. 
And I finally decided that I wanted to focus all of my energy around trying to carry the message. And I, I believe this with 100% certainty that soft skills, which I describe as being not skills per se, they're really a person's qualities, their behaviors, their attitudes, a manifestation of their personal values. That's what soft skills are. People skills is a good alternative because it's about people. Sometimes people will say, are you talking about communication skills? And I'll say, but if you're described as an excellent communicator or a really good listener, that elevates the communication process to the higher level of being a quality of you as a person that probably translates to some very good results. And I believe that soft skills are the difference maker. Uh, you can get through life, you can get through the job, but if you want to enjoy greater success in your career and greater success in your life and happiness in your life, soft skills are where, where it happens. So do you believe that people can improve their soft skills? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a question of knowing what they are, both the positive ones, but also in terms of thinking about how you're seen by others. If you can find out, and all it means is you are willing to to risk asking the questions. If you were going to describe me in a few words, what would you say? And if someone says something like, well, you're pretty stubborn or you're a little short-sighted, then you would say, thank you for that uh, feedback and I'll work on that. Uh, but a lot of us don't go running around saying, what, what is it that you don't like about me? And even, even a lot of people don't go trying to get feedback on what people would say about them. You could be one of the, the greatest craftspersons that anyone has ever worked with. And then this happens after you say that. Greatest craftsperson, but. And following mm -hmm. the but is difficult to work with, hard to get along, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, describing how they are in their environment, describing their weaknesses, describing their lack of soft skills or an appreciation for the fact that you need to understand that if you want to be successful in your job, you need people to say, he's really good to work with, or she's really good to work with. Not that they're difficult. That just recognizes the fact that you're not aware of yourself in a practical way. And with that lack of awareness, uh, you may behave in a way that you don't intend. Because sometimes you say a lot about what could be going on in your mind or your heart, simply with the expression on your face. That is that we need to appreciate that people can't can't know us unless we communicate with them on a mutual way, that we ask questions and get answers, that, that they ask us questions that we give them answers, give them an opportunity to learn through our words what kind of a person we are so they can take the words and match those with what they see in how we conduct ourselves, which really tells a story of who this person is. So what's an example of that and where you have helped someone get that awareness about how they come across and how they interact with people so that they can thrive in their role? It's really as simple as if you're in a coaching relationship or just having a conversation and sharing some observations. Um, part of how we are viewed by people is, in fact, the, the visual nonverbal part of who we are. Uh, it's it's not our words or how they're spoken. Uh, it's gestures. It's the facial expression. Uh, and some people will tell a story with their face. We've all heard the expression, a poker face. Not many people have a poker face. So the, the face is saying something, particularly if it's not just, again, as you're walking about, but if you're engaged in something where you're engaged in a conversation, and, and if I'm observing it, and I notice that the person who's listening to what's being said is doing things with their face, that says, I, I'm, I ain't listening to you. I don't like what you're saying. Uh, and again, you don't, you don't have to hear a word. It's all right here. The face is a wonderful communication tool. Uh, and if a person is not aware of that, 
And if they're willing to take the feedback and understand that you need to be conscious of what is being said without a word being spoken. And that's difficult for a lot of people. But if folks want to change, if they recognize that sometimes they don't seem like they're getting good results from conversations they have with people they work for, work with, or their clients, then they'll take the feedback and, and, and put effort because again, all work, it's all happening up here in, in our brains. We're not in an either on or off position as we go through our days. So if you're in with a group of people, you have to be conscious of, again, what words are and also what gestures and facial expressions are all about. Because again, I refer to communication as the ultimate core competence. Every living, breathing human being, regardless of age, regardless of education, regardless of anything, you engage in communication every day. And some of us are really good at it, maybe in the form of verbal communication. Some people can talk off the cuff. Some people can deliver a great speech with preparation. Uh, others can start batting out a message on a keyboard without much thought, and it turns out to be a cogent, useful message. But others can't. And if we recognize that the value of that in trying to do things, and you work with a lot of teams, when they're just communicating within the team. And if they're not cognizant of every aspect of what is going on with the simple process of messaging, which is information going back and forth in and among the team members, you're going to have dysfunction for reasons that are not necessary, albeit because of a, a, a poor communication. And poor communication, Sally, as you obviously, I'm sure, know well from all of your research and time in the industry is the number one cause of misunderstanding and misunderstanding leads to conflict. You were talking about the face giving such nonverbal cues. Mm -hmm. And I've always looked at people's eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think you can tell a lot mm -hmm. about what that person is thinking, what mm -hmm. they are feeling, whether they are buying into your message by looking at their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, hence the phrase, the eyes are the window to the soul. Absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're right about the eyes. You get the whole face and it's it's like a billboard. It's just the billboards don't talk. They, they're just there static. We're not rocket scientists. We're in an industry where craftspeople build things, uh, all kinds of things. And it's a wonderful industry. I talk about craftspeople and the way they deserve to be talked about. And as they are professionals, they do incredible things. They don't simply build things or put trim work in an office building or what have you. They are creating places where people live, where people work, where people pray, where people get better. And unfortunately, one of the things that the industry is not doing to try to ensure that we are able to uh, to generate new craftspeople into the industry, the trades folks, is they're not telling that story of the construction industry. They're letting people tell the story. It's really hard work, uh, but you do get re paid really well. But don't focus on that part. It's hard work. Focus on that part. It's, you get paid really well and you get to do creative stuff. If you're a finished carpenter, you can do some magnificent, but that's hard work. But so focus on the hard work. So we're, we, our generation is done, is doing a crappy job of trying to, to give us the opportunity to get new blood to build new teams, to use the vernacular and the terminology you use every day in your practice. And that's all a crew on a job site. It's another, it's a team. Yeah. yeah so. There's lots of teams on a job site. Yeah, sure. and if you think about the myriad of channels of communication and different pathways in a typical construction project, it's incredible. Try to map it out. It, it would look like a cobweb of a rabid spider. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it needs clarification. And the way you do that is, and I talk a lot about this, and you, this is not quite a question you haven't asked yet, but it probably is a question you will ask. I'm going to go ahead and answer it right okay, now. Okay, go right ahead. And, and the question is, how do people learn more about themselves so they can use that information in order to benefit them as well as benefit the people that they work with and the people they live with? And the answer is there are a lot of ways for you to learn something about your personality, about your behavioral style, to use a couple of different terms. There are legitimate research, valuable instruments that produce information that if you look at it and read it, most people, and I'm dealing with a lot of foremen and superintendents, and I give them an assessment. It happens to be called the DISC behavioral assessment. It's one of a, a number out there, but it's probably one of the two or three leading personality behavioral instruments. And, and it's a good tool. And that's all it is, uh, a good source of information. But I elevate it a little bit when I'm standing with those foremen and superintendents. Uh, I describe it to them as, as being a set of facts about themselves. And 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 the best way to try to influence people in general to try to do things differently, to try to change, to try to behave differently is with facts. Uh, so I ask them to view it that way. And then I'll ask the anecdotal question, anybody have any problem with what they read in their report? And occasionally there'll be one, usually an older member of the audience, my generation will kind of, I don't know, I just, whatever. I said, let me ask you a question. Are, do you live alone? Uh, no, I'm married. I said, did you show your wife the report? Yeah, I did. And it's, what did she say? She said it was me. Yes. So, yeah. And, and once we get past that, then they relax into saying, let, let me just process this. Because again, we need to understand ourselves before we can adequately and, and safely and reasonably understand others. It is so true. We have to understand ourselves before we can improve the communication or the relationship that we're going to have with someone else, whether that person has a lot of the same behavioral tendencies as us, or maybe they're a very different personality, but it mm-hmm. starts with understanding ourselves. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue. Well, no, I, 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 that acclamation was well-timed because <laughs> it's really true. A lot of what I do is, is around this simple notion and soft skills fall under the umbrella of something that's uh, a little bigger, broader, and now is, is much more in conversation. And I'm referring to emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I've taken my use of a behavioral assessment that just focuses on your personality style. And now I now have one that overlays emotional intelligence on top of that. Because again, when, when you think about emotional intelligence and you think about it from a, a skill orientation, which is based on the research of a couple of authors who wrote a book that was uh, the most recent one I have, it was published a few years ago, entitled Emotional Emotional intelligence 2.0, which would imply there was a probably an emotional intelligence 1.0. But Bra- Bradbury and Graves are the authors and the researchers. And they talk about emotional intelligence as being comprised of two areas of competence, one being personal competence and the other being social competence. And then they further describe it in, in terms of skills. And in the personal competence, the two skills are self-awareness and self-management. And again, it, it's, it sounds fairly simple, and it really is. It simply says, you, and it's specifically related to, to being aware of what your emotions are in the moment so that you have an opportunity to manage them. You know, I'm Irish, and Irish folks occasionally have kind of a hair-trigger temper. And so it gives you the opportunity to say, you know what? That I know that about myself. Certain things will just will trigger me. And in order for me to have a much better result with this critically important meeting I have this morning at 9 o'clock, I need to check myself and be prepared to manage my emotions because I want to have the best result in this conversation. 
So that's part of it. And the other part is the social competence, which means that if you understand yourself and you got a handle on yourself, the, the management piece, then I've got to be aware of what's going on in my environment with that person I'm going to go meet with other people that I encounter. Because the last part from a skill standpoint is relationship management. I talk about soft skills and you asked me to do that. Uh, I talk about those because they're so critically important to being able to be successful in building and sustaining relationships. And that's what business and life is all about. It's about relationships. I get a little lathered up when I talk about this because people fail to understand that we don't just build things in the construction industry. We're not just engineers. We're not just stamping drawings. What we are, and this is true of every industry, we are in the service business. Whether it's a product that is delivered to a customer or a service rendered, when you look at it, when you take a step back, we serve people. And if we want to have customers and we want to have people to collaborate with us and team with us, then we have to build relationships with those people. Uh, and, and your qualities, which I call soft skills, your qualities are crucial to giving you the ability to let the other people know and the people in your life know who you are, because it really isn't in the end about who you are, or what you do. It's about how you are, how you present yourself, how they see you, how they hear you. And they make decisions based on what they see and what they hear as to whether or not they want to continue in a relationship with you or even have one with you, whether it's in business or in life. And hence, that's why, and, and this is another question you haven't asked yet. Well, Dennis, is, does that have anything to do with the, how you came up with the title of your book? I do have that on my list of questions for you today, because I love the fact that you have used the phrase soft as steel for the title of your book and the title of your podcast. Mm -hmm. So we may as well address that right now. All right. So here's the short answer. I, I, as I was finishing up the manuscript for my book, and this is back in mid 2019, uh, I was in a conversation with a gentleman that I've known for at least 10 or 12 years. He's my mentor. He's a pretty well-known leadership uh, expert slash author. His name is Steve Farber. And and Steve and I were having a conversation. And as the conversation was ending, I said, I'll, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. He said, well, hold on a second. I said, what's up? He said, I've got a title for your book. And his title was Soft as Steel. And he, he said that. And I said, wow. <laughs> I, I, and he said, let me explain what my thought is. He said, it's, the, the analogy is that, that steel is to buildings, the element that makes them something that lasts for a long time. Soft skills are the necessary ingredient for relationships that last a long time. What Soft a great mentor and coach yeah, for you. Yeah, it didn't, he didn't charge me a dime for that. But but yeah, it's from the very first time I uttered it to, to someone other than the, to, in, re, in reply to Steve, everybody, even outside the construction industry, just it's... And there it is, because that is so true. It is, I mean, you have to be the, a genuine, authentic person. You have to be honest. You have to be trustworthy. You have to be all those things. And if you are, if you aspire to that every day through your words and your actions, you're going to have some incredible relationships. And if you're a contractor, you're not the one that's going to go out of business when the economy turns down. And that, that's a, just a simple fact. You'll find a way, your customers will say, we'll find something for you guys to do so you can keep your core crew on, send them over here. If, if I have to, I'll have them straighten up the yard. Whatever is necessary based on the strength of the relationship, which is born out of mutual understanding, mutual respect, which is all about how you are with those people you have relationships with. 
you have mentioned before that companies who recognize the value and the importance of soft skills for their people are more profitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Last week, I'm, I'm in front of a group of uh, foremen and superintendents, and I'm talking about communication and I'm talking about personalities. And as we get towards the end of the conversation about personalities, I said, listen, just let me remind you, the reason we just spent the last two hours talking about this is quite simple. For you to be the most effective you can be in managing your, the crew that you're responsible for, in working with the people in your company, in serving your customers, is for you to have good soft skills. You got to be a good communicator. You have to recognize that people uh, evaluate you based on your words and your actions. But most importantly, you have to remember when they do that, if they if they like what they see and they're satisfied that you are doing a, a good job for them, that is going to translate into two things. A happier customer, which gives you the potential for business again. But most importantly, if you're getting the most out of your people by motivating and inspiring them, all of that results in improvement in the bottom line. You don't just manage a group of individuals. Uh, In that role, when you have responsibility for just one other person, you have two parts to your role every day. You manage that person and you also provide leadership. And the leadership piece is about motivation and inspiration and getting them to do a little bit more get into to to be satisfied that we need to amp up the production for this day, get finished one one day earlier uh, because the customer will be happier, uh, the results of the job will be better, and all of that accrues to the bottom line. So again, how how well we do in being who we are and how we go about interacting with people at the end of the day, that can, that can only produce a beneficial effect on the bottom line of a business. So if you want to make money, be good to people. So what kind of progress are we making in the construction industry in recognizing the importance of people's skills and actually helping our team members uh, develop their people skills? I would say overall, it's probably pretty good, better than it was a few years ago. Some of the leading companies in the industry, they're beyond thinking that talking about in terms of a core value or core values. Now you see them talking about, and, and this is in part an outgrowth of more conversation in the last few years about diversity, uh, about inclusion, about gender, particularly obviously the male-female issue, which continues to, to be a problem, a big problem for industry in, in my view. But as we're talking about more of those things, then there seems to be more interest in trying to embrace what is it, what does diversity mean and how do we translate it into our business practices? What is equity all about? What is inclusion? What is social justice? All those kinds of societal values that become a framework to try to revise and remake how they go about as leaders in their companies, talking to their people about what's important as part of our company. And what they're talking about are qualities. They're talking about soft skills. Mm. So there is good progress, but so much more is needed. It's not nearly enough. I like to say that I'm booked five days a week giving talks on soft skills, but I'm not. But I talk about it every day in some form or another. And I'm encouraged that I'm encouraged by the fact that when I reach out to people, some of whom I don't know at all, and say, I'd like to talk to you about coming on my podcast called Soft as Steel. And they they say, what is that? And I explain it to them at the end of the short conversation. Yeah, I'll I'll come on. I'll I'll talk to you. And we have great conversations because we need to be talking about it more. You talk about it a lot in in the work you do. 
It's fundamental to the dynamic of building successful, particularly high-performing teams. Yes, absolutely. So you know all about it and you talk about it, I'm sure, just brilliantly as you do. As we wrap up our conversation, what is one last thought that you would like to leave with people that you are so passionate about when it comes to soft skills in the construction industry? Yeah, and I've, again, I, with great satisfaction, I attribute this quote to my mentor. And that, that is the following, which I think says so much. Do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. Ooh, say that again. Do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. Wow. I think, it, I think it's indisputable. If you get that and you can't say, yeah, that would make sense. That would make yeah. sense. And, and the last thing, I would punctuate it by saying, before you can be successful in knowing other people, you need to know yourself. Yes. This has been a joy being with you, Sally. Thank you. It's always a pleasure talking to Dennis Duran. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, thank you for being here today on this important conversation. If this was valuable to you, will you share it? And let me know what questions you have about developing exceptional teams. And you might just hear your answer right here in the future. Join me next week for another episode of the Team of a Lifetime Show.